And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Hebrews 12, 1 through 6 reads, and we're reading from the King James Version. I'll make references several times tonight from other versions. But Hebrews 12, 1 through 6 reads, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he received. Amen. Let the love of God be in you. Let the word of God be true and everything else be a lie. Amen. Amen. So again, we have Hebrews 12. Amen. Um, Hebrews is comprised of 13 chapters. Amen. So this is towards the end. Amen. And to get some context of what Hebrews is about, you have to understand what Hebrews was focused on, amen. So, you know, there's a lot of arguments, right, specifically of who wrote Hebrews. Um, a lot of people believed it was Paul. A lot of people believed it was one of his followers, Paul particularly. Regardless, the heart of Hebrews is introducing us right now, us believers, right? And it's correlating what happens in the Old Testament and directing us towards Jesus Christ and how he fulfilled everything in the Old Testament. So Jesus is displayed through several forms in Hebrews. He's displayed as the high priest. He's displayed as the king. He's displayed as the one that led the people out of Egypt. He is displayed as the all in all. The word says in chapter, I mean, the word says in chapter two, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So Hebrews was to an audience that at least had a little bit of knowledge about what happened in the Old Testament. So because of that, we can also assume that it could be a Jewish audience he was talking to. It could very well be a Jewish audience he was talking to. They talk a lot about Moses, right? Talked a lot about Jacob, Isaac, the lineage of Jesus Christ. And for the unlearned and somebody that wasn't back in that time, they wouldn't necessarily have known that. They wouldn't have necessarily done that in their daily routine. So because of that, I want to take us through a journey 
from a perspective of, of a belief. All right? All right? My message for tonight is for a believer, not that it won't affect an unbeliever, not that it won't help an unbeliever in their faith, but I want to help the believer. Here's my title for tonight. Endure the faith. Amen. Endure the faith. Amen. You always say it twice to help it ring in the ears of the people. Endure the faith. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, with that being said, we, we know that Hebrews, again, was addressing somebody that should know some context, right? So I am addressing you, my audience tonight, somebody that should know at least a little context about Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope there's some people in here that know something about Jesus Christ. <laughs> And there's a, there's a little bit, amen, amen. We, 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 you know, the word, the word says, you know, we, we can, we, we're only getting a bite size of what, you know, what God is, amen. But, you know, the bite size that we're getting is pretty good. Hey, I love me some God, I love me some Jesus, amen. But endure the faith. And, you know, in my, I always like to, you know, when I'm entitling things, and as God gives me the title, you know, I got to endure the faith. Then it says, in Jesus Christ, amen. <laughs> so not only do you endure the faith, amen, you do it in Jesus Christ, amen. <laughs> amen. It has to be in Jesus Christ. So, you know, when we know this, which brings me to my first point tonight, we know what your faith is. Let's examine my title for the night before we even really jump down into the scriptures. Endure the faith. Now, the word endure. Uh, the Greek word hypomonis, amen. And this particular form of endure uh, appears only as it will be in the New Testament, right? And it speaks of a perpetual state where somebody is enduring to the point of exhaustion. Uh, to me, as I look through the scripture, as I read, it would appear to me that endurance is an inherent characteristic of a believer. What I mean is that as a believer, we have to learn to wait on God. That seems to be apparent time and time again. We have to wait until a, 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 to a point to where it seems like we are just so tired. So tired. And in our exhaustion, we find the light of God. Amen. We find comfort. Hopefully, you, when, if, you're in, or if you're in a community of believer, believers, you find a community that comes together and helps you when you're down. So endurance is tiresome. I'm not going to hear, sit here and act like on this Christian walk, everything is going to be everything okay every day. It is not. It's going to get tiresome. But as a believer, it is apparent that we have to keep going on. You know, we have a world that has an inability to wait. And, and I know that because every time we're, we're, we're always trying to invent something, right, that, or, you know, do something that um, makes a process quicker, 
you know, pastor has uh, really, really helped me to think about things. He says all the time, sometimes we got to go through. Sometimes we just got to bear down and go through the storm. And start, we, we, every time there are people that want to go around a storm instead of going through a storm. Sometimes we just got to go through. There are lessons to be learned in that going through. There, there's something that, that you gain by, by bearing down, believing with God, having God right here by your side and going through. The world didn't even believe their own definition. You know, it surprised me that the first thing I looked up when I looked up the word endure, the definition they gave me was to suffer patiently. Patiently. That was, that was the first definition I got when I looked up the word endure. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be something else, something more profound. But it was suffer patiently. The world says it wants to do a certain thing, but it doesn't execute. So even by the world standards, we know that we have something that we have to go through. Have to sometimes do it to the point of exhaustion. And do it to the point where we're, we're, we're seeing like it's just something that's broken inside of us. But that's comfort in Jesus Christ. We say the proclamation every week here. We have a proclamation. And one part of our proclamation says, the love of Jesus endures all things. All things. All things. And when I was studying this, you know, in the, it, 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 I'm just, it, it, I want you to get a, a snapshot of Torian. Sometimes... I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm, I'm standing here, but like it, when the thought clicks in my mind, that's when I understand. And when I was studying, I'm like, that's what that means? Endures all things? So, you know, don't be ashamed of me that when I'm admitted to you that it finally clicked in my mind when, it's, when he says, love endures all things in Jesus Christ. That means you got to suffer sometimes and go through. Long suffer sometimes. God will be there with you. Amen. Now, that's my explanation of endure. Now, the faith. Amen. Now, you know that people have faith in a lot of things. Amen. But we like to define things as the word defines them. Now, if you, we know this very, very common scripture here uh, in Hebrews 11. You get to it, and let me read it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And chapter 11 does a phenomenal job of explaining to us what exactly faith is. Chapter 11 takes us to a place that we understand what faith is. And then as you read down chapter 11, we go through several examples of people that have demonstrated faith. 
Several examples. We go to Abraham. Abraham. Father Abraham. Father Abraham. The man that that started this journey that we're, we're walking down right now. Father Abraham. Sarah. It mentions Rahab. The prostitute. Amen. That helped the men when they were spying out the land, the promised land. Figure after figure after figure. And at some point, you would, you know, some of them, you, you question, what's this really faith? What's, what's this really the idea of faith? By God's standards, it was. You know, I look at these people, they were, they were imperfect people. They were flawed people. But there was a moment that they took God's word and they believed it. That is faith. Applying God's word, help me, thank you, brother. Applying God's word, amen, and walking out in God's word. So when I give you a title tonight, Enduring the Faith, we're talking about the faith in God's word. The faith in Jesus. The faith, although I don't see me getting a better job, although I don't see me getting a, a, a better house, although I don't see me it right now, I know, Father God, your word says that I can believe it and I'll see it. I can be down in sickness at this very moment, but I see God and his word and how he's delivered and executed time and time again. And I can believe that he will do it for me as well. He is no respecter of person. So when I say enduring the faith, I mean have a faith in God. Have a faith in God that he will deliver you. Have a faith in God and know what your faith means. For these Hebrew individuals, they were a group of individuals. At least, the, at least that's who he appears to be talking to. It appears to a, 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 be a church or a body of people that he's talking to that are either falling away or they've been persecuted so much that they want to give up. And this Hebrews is telling them don't give up. You've been persecuted on every side. You've been hurt. You've been scourged. But don't give up. Endure in the faith. Amen? And whoever the author is, he gets to a point in verses 12, 1 through 3, which we're going to start getting into the scripture. He gets to the point where he says, don't let anybody explain away your faith. That's my second point for tonight. Don't let nobody explain it away to you. You know, I, I am surrounded on my job and, you know, as I watch TV and just stuff, different stuff, they do everything in their power to explain God away. They do everything in their power to explain Jesus away. But my encouragement for you is to not let them explain it away. 
verse 1. It says, therefore, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. Hold on, let's wait there. That's in ESV, sorry about that. It says, we seeing we are also encompassed about with such great a cloud of witness, amen. That witness is the people I mentioned earlier. The people that have endured. The people that have gone through battle and seen God turn out time and time again. He mentions it in the chapter before in verse 11. He mentions it in chapter two, chapter five, chapter seven, amen. There's a long list of people that the author of Hebrews names that keep pushing through times of adversity. So by verse 12, he's telling them, because you have such a great amount of evidence, because you have such a great amount of people that have come before you endure, I'm asking you to, in the next portion of the verse, lay aside every weight. What is this weight? Here you go, my brother. Of the world, of circumstances, of the persecution that they were certainly facing. Some of them, again, they were chastised. Some of them were probably being beaten, being scourged. But the author is pleading with them to just lay that aside. Think nothing on it. Because what I have to tell you about Jesus Christ is much more sufficient. And then it goes on the mission, sin. Not only did some people fall away from the faith, they fell back and backslid into sin. No, they, they, they weren't just being a good person. They were sinning. <laughs> they, were, they were reverting back to their old ways. They were going back to their old habits. They were turned to the slop and to the dung. Because the, the author says, it's so easily to cling onto them. Now, I, I'm just being real with you. I've backslidden before. Me? Me? I've backslidden before. Several times. And the, the ease of just going back into that routine of just doing the wrong thing. <laughs> the author is telling me it's, it's so easy. You, you thought that once Jesus saved you, it wouldn't be no more sinning, it wouldn't be no more waste, it'd be no, no more troubles, no more. That's what you thought. <laughs> the author is saying, you are clearly mistaken. You have to keep going. You have to keep enduring to the point of exhaustion because otherwise, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Right back into it. Authors pleading with this, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It, it, is, it is a race. That means there is a start line and there's a finish line. That means that there's, there's blood pumping, you're running, right? There's motions, right? You know, if we think about a marathon, 
There's times where you're running and you, oh, you got a good stride going. And then there's times that the marathon, like, goodness, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it up this hill. Oh, my God, I'm catching a cramp. I'm catching a cramp. I don't know what I'm going to do right now. I'm thirsty. I, you know, I, I was laughing at those people grabbing them waters. Got to go grab those waters. Got to grab the living water and keep moving. Because it's a race. And there's a start line and there's a finish. And there's a time in there that you're going to get tired. So, the author offers a solution. He says, looking to Jesus. Hallelujah. Ooh, every time I, I hear the name of Jesus, I get excited. Amen. He, he says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So this thing that you're believing, this thing that you're, you're running for, he's the one that founded it. Now, for this audience, again, just like us, there were people during this time trying to discourage them. Someone to put Jesus on the pedestal as if he was just an angel. Oh, he was, yes, he was an important figure, but he was just an angel. Someone wanted to put him up. He was a great man, great teacher, Rabboni. Great man. He had good words, he had good, pretty, pretty good principles. He lived a decent life. And some people just just honor him altogether. The author here is assuring us that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. My version here says he's the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus was and is and is to come. And as you move on in this journey, he perfects you day by day. As you seek him, as you seek him, he perfects you day by day. Jesus was not a mistake. Jesus, the introduction of Jesus, the human, the totally divine and totally human thing that is Jesus Christ was God's plan all along. And this is what the Hebrew writer here is trying to prove to these people. So he has to relate to them in a way that makes them understand. Right? So he goes on in verse 2, he says, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. It never fails me to see the, the, the backwardness that is God's word sometimes. Who enjoys being tortured? Who enjoys being shamed, naked, in front of all the people? Who, who enjoys... Uh, you know, 39 lashes. 
Cat of nine tails. Thank you, brother. Who enjoys that? Our Bible says right here that Jesus did. There was a joy in him that was in him because he was thinking about us. There was a joy in him that helped him endure the cross for our sake. And the Hebrew author is encouraging us if our Jesus can endure that for us, then we can endure this life we live for him as a representation of him, as an ambassador of him. It is our reasonable service. It's the least I can do. But somebody that when they were on the cross, he can look down and say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Look at me as the substitute. Look at me as the one who would take every burden on every sin, every weight upon my shoulders so they can live a life and abundantly live that life. Thank you, brother. You're helping me. <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's, again, that's backwards. In the sight of man, that's backwards. And again, I've, I've never had pleasure of having children yet. At least none that I know of. But, you know, for somebody to give up their child, amen, to, to see them despised, amen, man, that's something to me. That's something to me. That, that's something to see that we serve a God that cares so much about us that he set it up like this. And Jesus, amen, is rightly to be praised. Jesus is rightly to be the one that we serve. It says, and he, Jesus, is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where he is right now. Because of his ability to go to the cross, to die for us, amen. That's his rightful place as the son of God. And this is important again because we have people out here that believe that if they do this, this, and this, they'll be elevated as a God as well. Oh, no, 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 no. There, there are some faiths out there. I'm not going to tap on nobody's toes tonight, but there are some belief systems out there that believe, you know, if you just live a good life, you can be a God too. I, I believe God truly put statements in here to refute the craziness that humanity thinks of. Humanity has a tendency to think that it's the best thing out there. Oh, God. Whew. So, no. <sighs> that this is the God we serve. You can't explain this away. We have this great cloud of witness. We have 
quite forgot about priest. We we have the the priestliness of God. We have the 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 self sacrificingness of God. Amen. Jesus Christ. He done all these things for us. And he will continue to do this for us. Now, as we get into the rest of the scripture, in verse 3, we ask our final question for tonight. It says, enduring the faith. I say it again. I said enduring the faith. Regarding your actions as an ambassador of Christ. So, in verses 1 and 2, the author of Hebrew in so many words, has let us be established that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And then from three to six, he's telling us to remain in the faith and remain out of sin. <laughs> it says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. So all that Jesus went through, it was for our sake. It was for our sins. It was for our mistakes. So we, in verse 3 says, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So Jesus, God, is abundantly aware that sin is a struggle that you're dealing with. He's abundantly aware that there's trouble within you. Paul says that thing that I wish not to do, that I do. He's abundantly aware that there's struggles that you go through. But he doesn't excuse you to keep doing those things. He doesn't excuse you just because it's hard. Again, this is about endurance. Because he refutes anybody that says, it comes to God. Because I, I can just imagine people at the throne of glory just coming to God. God, it was just so hard. Well, he's going to say, verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of the shedding of your blood. It was so hard, but it wasn't to the point that my son did for you. The innocent lamb, the innocent man of God, it wasn't to that point. So it must not have been too hard. You know, I think sometimes we put a, uh, a, a less of a value on the things we get comfortable with, right? You know, we've been doing this, this thing or this sin for so long, we get so comfortable with it, and we just, it gets less and less, and, and even the word mentioned several times of how we, we can think it's right in our own mind, but it's complete error, complete error.
God is not slight on sin because it's destructive. God is not slight on sin because he needs to be God. And if he was lax on sin, he would be God. That's his job. And our job as the body of believers is to get on his level. What I mean by that is to listen to his word and what he says and not listen to our own thoughts and how we do it. Listen to God. Verse 5 said, And you have forgotten the exhortation that addressed you as sons. So easily we are to forget the debilitating nature of sin. We're so easy to forget that God does not want us in this state of sin. We have and serve a God that endured for us. If we could jump down to jump back to uh, Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 4, as I'm getting ready to conclude and wrap up. We, we get some understanding of why we do all, why he did all this. Why did he do what he did for us? Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. And Hebrews 1 says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by prophet, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, whom also he made the worlds. Jesus was there when the world was being created, okay? Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and the upholding of all things by the word of his power, when he had by him purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty, being made so much better than angels, as he has by inheritance attained a more excellent name than they. We have to know that Jesus endured for We as believers have to endure in the faith. We have to keep going. We have to keep pressing. It said at the beginning of Hebrew, and I, like, I, I always like how this author did. He said, he gave us the answer at the very beginning. <laughs> it was all about Jesus all along. The reason why we endure, the reason why we, why we fight and struggle and go through the things we go through is because God designed that way. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And it was all about him from the very beginning. You know, in, in Hebrews 2, it, it says, 2 and verse 3, you don't have to turn there, it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How do we have hope? How do we have hope if the enduring we are doing isn't unto Jesus? 
how do we have hope if they're enduring the fight that we struggle we go through every day and day again we don't have Jesus believers this message was for you I know it gets tiresome I know it gets weary I know you want to give up sometimes but don't Jesus has been too good to us he's taken away all weight that we, that we lay all weight on him that we lay all sin onto him and that we, that we don't pick back up these bad habits these bad thoughts these bad ways and motions that we carry with us these false teachings these cultural norms that by the culture they're alright but by God's standard they're totally incorrect let us endure in the faith of Jesus Christ and not lose sight of him and what it's all about. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand praise tonight. Amen. God is good. Amen. And I would be remiss if we didn't uh, pray for our people that are watching. Pray for um, anybody that would like to join the body of believers. Anybody that needs to join the race with us. Join the, the fight with us, amen, to stay holy, to stay right now, Father God, in the faith. If you are a sinner right now, Father God, and you haven't taken Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you into my heart, into my life. I want to trust you and follow you. You are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that, you went from darkness to light. You can endure with us, with this community of believers that don't give up, that don't start pushing. It gets hard sometimes, but the alternative it's much worse. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. 
This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.